Welcome to the Newsbusters podcast with your host, executive editor of Newsbusters, Tim Graham. Hello and welcome as we keep waiting for uh, the big Supreme Court decision on abortion in the Mississippi case. Uh, Today we had an MRC TV crew on the ground there on the hill just waiting for the chaos. But the big decision hasn't happened yet. When it does, we'll have to work overtime at Newsbusters on the liberal freakout if this decision ends up sounding anything like the Alito draft opinion. We would certainly hope that's the case. If they somehow watered it down, some people might say, well, look at that. Liberal intimidation works. Meanwhile, we are back on Monday to daytime hearings of the Pelosi-picked panel on January 6th. And here is Fox News Channel running it live alongside the other networks, including the broadcast networks. But they are called the conspicuous outlier. Ah, yes. They were the socially irresponsible types that didn't run it alongside the other 37 channels. How dare they? They put it on Fox Business. Why would you do that? Yes, even Newsmax ran the hearing live on Thursday night. On Saturday morning... NPR media reporter David Falkenflick, who is quite obviously assigned to running down Fox News Channel whenever it's doable, had a chat with Saturday morning host Scott Simon. He does that with his S's. About the irresponsible action of Fox not putting it on live. Yes, David Folkenflicht had to drag out the old leftist trope that somehow Fox is treating their viewers as customers instead of citizens. The hearings are a civic enterprise. You demonstrate your social responsibility by running stacked hearings of Democrats. As we know, when the Republicans have a congressional oversight hearing, there are no lectures about skipping because they all skip. Scott Simon, in this case, had asked Volkenflick what I think is the obvious question, and that is, can the argument be made that anybody who wants to see the hearings can find them scores of other places that every network doesn't have to show them? Volkenflick said, yes, that's exactly what the Fox News executives are doing right now. But this is serving the public good. You notice they always decide that whatever Nancy Pelosi wants to do is defined as the public good. You know, they would look less phony in this if they would treat the Republicans as responsible creators of civic enterprise. They just, they don't do that. They they break out these lectures. We've seen this especially on NPR and PBS are taxpayer-funded channels. The Republicans have a hearing. It's like, oh, no, more Caillou. Or maybe that doesn't air anymore. I don't have kids now. I don't know what PBS Kids stuff runs in the middle of the day. It used to be. I'm sorry, we have to run the Teletubbies. No time for hearings. They're run by Republicans. Uh, but this was the part that really got me, where David Folkenflik 
starts talking about how Fox News doesn't offer information that's unwelcome to their base. This is something done as a civic enterprise in a way to show the public as branding, but also government officials uh, and particularly regulators that they are committed to doing, serving the public good at times. In addition, news organizations will say whether or not our viewers are desperate to watch this, this is something they need to know about. And they need to know about it perhaps in a direct manner before we start reporting on it and before we start opining on it. Fox News is not willing to do that. It's not willing to present to its viewers unwelcome information, unwelcome arguments, unwelcome facts about really what was happening both with the insurrectionists and rioters of January 6th and also the legal machinations in support of then-President Trump trying to cling on to power despite the election that cost him a second term. You know, this is just ridiculous for Dave and Fulkenflick and NPR to go on a lecture series about how Fox News viewers don't like any information that's unwelcome to them. Okay, let's start with this. And yes, we didn't know this on Saturday morning. Fox News is running it all day on Monday. So obviously they're not afraid of unwelcome facts. In fact, Fox News ran live coverage of former Knox Fox News employee Chris Steyerwald. Gee, that seems pretty uh, welcoming. Fox News airing the running down of Fox News. It's not only embarrassing and upsetting the viewers, it might upset the uh, Fox News uh, brass. But there they are. Oh, it's the public good. Well, now it's the public good. Some of these people, the full conflicts and the stelters, don't seem to realize that part of what Fox News is doing there by not running it live was to say, you know, we are not like the rest of you. That's part of the branding. That is the sales pitch. We don't sound exactly like CNN and MSNBC. And guess what? That's why Fox cleans their clocks and have been doing it for years. Because they're different. Because they have a different version of what the news is. And the liberals can't stand that. The liberals think we get to define the news. Democracy is whatever we say it is. And anybody who says we don't define what the news is, well, they're obviously not interested in the public good. But here's where it's really ridiculous for NPR. And spend some time looking into this. How did NPR cover this attempt on the life of Brett Kavanaugh? That this kid, this 26-year-old man, gets out with a gun and several other implements and sees, oops, there's cops around Kavanaugh's house. I guess this is not going to be a thing. Now, as we noted with Curtis on Friday, this got... On Thursday morning, the morning of the hearing, about eight minutes, it had gotten, I think, six or seven the night before. So it got what you might call an average news development coverage on the networks. PBS NewsHour, about 50 seconds. Sad. But then there's NPR. Now, I originally had said, well, it looks like there was no story on NPR. Now, the way this works is... One of the ways you look at it is either you're listening to the show live on the radio, but you can go to NPR.org. So you go to the ridiculously named show, All Things Considered, and you look down the headlines to say, where's the story on Brett Kavanaugh? And obviously on that night, there was nothing that said a thing about Brett Kavanaugh. But there was a whole story on the Proud Boys by Odette Youssef, who was their reporter on extremism what they mean by that is right-wing extremism 
There is no such thing as left-wing extremism. We don't acknowledge that that's a thing that Odette Youssef needs to cover. Here we have a left-wing extremist coming to kill Brett Kavanaugh, and there's basically like a vague mention. Oh, yeah, well, we're going to see some rough times here in the months ahead. And there was this, there was a man that showed up at Brett Kavanaugh's house. <laughs> they didn't say his name. They didn't give you any details. They didn't tell you he had a gun. I mean, it was just incredibly vague. That's what we got? I mean, the obvious question here was, where was their Supreme Court reporter Nina Totenberg? The one who destroyed uh, Doug Ginsburg back in uh, 87. The one that launched Anita Hill and her unproven, unsubstantiated charges of Clarence Thomas talking about porn films and about pubic hairs on Coke cans. You know Nina Totenberg, the one that seemed attached at the hip to Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who kissed her ring routinely, who went around to award shows and film festivals with her friend RBG. Gee, did she look a little bit too close to the libs? Yes. This was another proof of that. Totenberg offered one tweet on Wednesday morning that acknowledged that this had actually happened, and then she couldn't be bothered. What makes it worse is they come back the next day and they do a Supreme Court story with Nina Totenberg where she tells you everything that's going on, except there's no mention of Brett Kavanaugh. It's bad enough you can't get Nina Totenberg to do the actual story. She's going to do an entire piece on the Supreme Court and not mention this? Then you fast forward to Saturday morning, the show that David Folgenflik showed up on to attack Fox. And very briefly, again, there's a mention, a man showed up, not in the full conflict segment, a man showed up outside Kavanaugh's house. So we had two mentions, but actually zero actual reporting on the, this arrest of a violent man named Nicholas John Roski of Simi Valley, California. This is the problem. It's the taxpayer-funded National Public Radio. They also did a story last week about some leftists trying to take Fox News down by cutting off their digital advertising. And the story that they actually aired never called this group leftist. The online article said left-leaning. But you could listen to this whole story on NPR about how they were trying to take Fox down. And they, you know, they're like, oh... It's just a former marketing executive and her group. You know, you know when somebody's a left-wing nutbag, when NPR treats them like they're normal. That's the way this works. So you got full conflict running down Fox News as a horrible outfit. Then you actually, they're actually polishing the apples of people who want to take Fox News down. This woman, Nandini Jimmy, who they were celebrating, literally tweeted after the story aired, that about chopping off the head of Fox News. This is not a violent metaphor since it's a company and not necessarily a person. She didn't say she was going to chop the head off Brett Baer. She was going to chop the head off Fox News. This sort of openly censorious, let's shut down the right-wingers, somehow never gets in the way of these people saying, oh, we in the liberal media, we celebrate democracy. There's a threat to democracy. 
Yeah, you're actually promoting the threat to democracy because you're a bunch of libs. So you think Fox News is the opposite of democracy. So anybody who wants to shut them down and deprive them of oxygen, well, that's not that's not anti-democratic. That's making the world a better place. Kevin Tolbert was in on Sunday, as he's always in or almost always in. Watched all the, the Sunday morning shows. And he noticed these shows didn't mention Brett Kavanaugh. That's right. Again, pretty much Thursday morning was the last any of them really wanted to talk about it. He had that one little snippet on uh, on PBS NewsHour where they discussed the, the struggle in Congress over funding added security for the Supreme Court. So we decided, I said to Kevin, hey, I heard someone meet the press. There was so much 1-6, January 6th, January 6th. I wondered how much time these Sunday shows spent on the January 6th hearings. So between ABC, CBS, NBC, and CNN, he counted an hour and 33 minutes. 18 on CNN with Data Bash, State of the Union. 19 on ABC's This Week. 19 on CBS's Face the Nation. And in first place in Obsession, NBC's Meet the Press with 36 minutes. Yes, Chuck Todd was pestering Elaine Luria of Virginia, Democrat of the 1-6 committee, about what they were going to do about Jenny Thomas. So to Chuck Todd, the text messages of a wife of a conservative justice was much more newsworthy than a potentially dead conservative Supreme Court justice. Of course, Fox News Sunday did get to the subject of Kavanaugh. Brett Bayer grilled Senator Chris Coons on his bill to beef up security for the SCOTUS. So, gee, why is everyone hating on Fox? Because Fox seems to have almost exactly opposing instincts to their partisan take on everything? These people wanted to build up their credibility with the American people. They would suggest that Republican-led hearings could be just as important as much of a civic enterprise for the public good as a Democrat hearing. That's not the way this works. Let's go back to Benghazi. All right? I can look this up. September 17, 2014. An article by young Curtis Hauk almost eight years ago. The major broadcast networks on Wednesday refused to cover the first hearing held by the House Select Committee on Benghazi. What? Not only was there no wall-to-wall live coverage. Oh, no. The networks decided there was no story. That's kind of amazing. So here we have an attack that killed four Americans. The USS ambassador to Libya, Chris Stevens, his aide, Sean Smith, and CIA contractors, Tyrone Woods and Glenn Doherty, died in this attack in Benghazi, Libya. This somehow got no coverage that first day. No live coverage, no news story at all. Fox News that day gave it 40 minutes of live coverage. They were the conspicuous outlier that they gave it much 
live coverage. Apparently, according to Curtis back then, MSNBC showed it for 12 minutes but kept talking over it. Does that really count? If you have live coverage which basically shows a video saying some guys in Congress are talking but we're not going to let you hear them, we're going to just talk over that. Does that really count? CNN was not interested at all. What a surprise. These are the people that are going to lecture us about how dare Fox News not be the 37th network covering something live when they all decided nobody needed to hear about Benghazi. That was a Republican obsession. That was a Fox News obsession. We don't really care there were four dead Americans. That's what that sounds like. You know, for the networks, the big Benghazi hearing day was whenever Hillary Clinton testified. And they could line up and they could kiss a ring. Oh, masterful performance, m'lady. Hillary Clinton was always brilliant. That was required. You had to say that. See, and then they could all get upset and say, Fox News failed to call Hillary Clinton's performance masterful. What's wrong with them? Let's choke their advertising to death. Speaking of all this, then there's the question of ratings. On Monday's Morning Joe, they were all boasting about the estimated 20 million viewers for Thursday night. And Mika and Joe were dunking on Trump because it turns out this figure was much higher than the ratings for a finale of Apprentice or Celebrity Apprentice. Earth to Mika and Joe. That's on one network. And it's a reality show. Nobody's going to try to argue that Celebrity Apprentice was a civic enterprise for the public good. The New York Times reported it this way, in a way that the uh, Morning Joe would not. Though the Thursday night figure pales next to presidential debates, 63 million to 73 million, or the 2022 State of the Union address, 38 million viewers, it's still much larger than the audience that would normally watch a daytime congressional hearing. Okay, but see, this is the, it's all a matter of what you're comparing it to. The New York Times says it's in the ballpark of television events like a big Sunday night football game on one network. Uh, the New York Times added the 20 million figure did not yet include PBS, so the total audience was most likely a bit bigger. Now, the other question obviously is, who was among the 20 million here? Because I think what they were really wanted to do was draw in viewers who don't normally watch this sort of thing. So maybe some of them were uncommitted or independent, but let's guess that a lot of the 20 million people tuning into the January 6th committee were Democrats. They were Nancy Pelosi voters. Nancy Pelosi had them at hello. They were watching this because, you know, they, they all wanted to see Donald Trump get his. Like Donald Trump didn't get his the whole time he was president. But somehow, you know, again, they're still thinking, no, maybe this time we'll finally destroy him politically. But again, it's just a matter of how you decide to look at these things. How do you decide to put your measurements together? Because somebody would point out, they looked at CBS in particular. They said it was not as good as a rerun of Young Sheldon that aired in the same time slot last week. Just 3.24 million people watched CBS's Capital Assault hearings coverage Thursday night. 
according to the TV ratings guide, exactly one week prior, 3.86 million people tuned into CBS to watch a Young Sheldon rerun, garnering roughly 600,000 more viewers than Bennett Thompson and, and, and uh, Liz Cheney. It went on. The gap is even more pronounced for new Young Sheldon episodes. More than 7 million people, for example, watched the show's season 5 finale. 7 million. That's more than double the viewers they had on Thursday night. Three weeks earlier, 6.9 million people watched a new Young Sheldon episode titled Uncle Sheldon and a Hormonal Firecracker. Well, you wouldn't have wanted to miss that. I have never watched that show, and I barely watched Big Bang Theory either. Mrs. Graham doesn't like CBS sitcoms for the most part because she doesn't like the canned laugh tracks. CBS did not use canned laugh tracks for the January 6th hearing. No, this was a serious civic enterprise for the public good. Have we tired of that line yet? I just, I don't like the lecturing. You know, they're not just lecturing at Fox. They're lecturing at Fox News viewers. Because they really think that Fox News is what's ruining America. Because in their world, America isn't far enough along now to resemble France or, or Sweden or some other European socialist enclave. They're very upset. They're very upset. Uh, despite Fox News, really, Fox News is not a hot and heavy pro-life channel. They're just upset that Fox News seems to not see things the same way as the rest of us. We still have that problem. And that is if these people really think they're Democrats with a small d, they would make a little space for somebody else to talk. This was sort of the idea, I think, that the new CEO of CNN, Chris Licht, wanted to say, you know what, let's actually have a conservative interviewed on CNN. This is still a pretty rare concept. We're not seeing a ton of that. Certainly not going to see it if you're watching the Jim Acosta show. That's not the kind of thing he does. He likes to yell at people. He likes to make his points about Trump being the Antichrist. You ever notice that? The people that really think that they are the guardians of facts and truth, like Brian Stelter. He had a show, you know, remember a while back where he compared Trump to being, uh, he had the expert, capital E expert, who said Trump was going to end up killing more people than Hitler, Stalin, and Mao combined, which is like, I don't know, 50 million people. Because of climate change, Trump was going to be a mass murderer. And then Brian Stelter goes, oh, I am the guardian of facts. I have a show called Reliable Sources. Sure you do, pal. So that's where we are. We're going to keep waiting for that decision on abortion. We'll be all over that and the freak out that comes with it. So stick to Newsbusters. Come over once, twice, 24 times a day. Thanks for listening. <laughs>